Welcome to Madison Labor Radio. Labor Radio is dedicated to bringing news, information, and cultural events focused on working people and the labor movement to the Madison area and surrounding communities. I'm Jason Pash, a member of Madison Teachers Incorporated. This is a special Pledge Week edition of Labor Radio. Your support helps make Labor Radio and all the great programming on WORT possible. Hi, I'm Ian Habel, a retired member of AFSCME 171. This week, take a look at good news from Madison School District support staff, get an update on negotiations for Red Cross workers, share an on-the-ground labor report from France, and much more. If you like what you hear, please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of WORT and Labor Radio. And how do you suppose one could become a supporter of WRT's Labor Radio? Well, we would love to hear from you at 608-256-2001, extension 1. You can also pledge or donate online. Um, I just This is Carol. I just want to say, if you've never donated or if you've moved away from Wisconsin, but you can catch us online, if you've just discovered WART recently, we need to hear for you, from you. Uh, WORG is a completely unique experience. It's a people-powered thing, as you can tell from our rank amateurism here in pledge wrapping. So, um, so we really would love to hear from you. Um, everybody should donate. We, you know, um, green, our evergreen donors are the ones who give uh, a regular amount every month. We can arrange for it to be sucked right out of your bank account as little as $5, but we really would like to have much more. That's the sound um, of money being sucked out of your bank account right there. What, say that again. Yeah, right. I should have a sound effect. What am I thinking? That's what I'm here uh, for. Anyway, um, so uh, we have some lovely uh, gifts. We have the funky... Uh, Hoodie uh, comes in black and red and purple. You can see it on our website. A wide range of sizes. Uh, the sizes they go are from wee small, little doll sized to giant, small to five XL for the for the Wisconsin uh, all Wisconsin for the, the people sized people. They're all sort yes, they're all sizes and um, and for the doll sized people and for the people sized people. Um, at the $45 level, if you're a real Wart fan, you can come to the Family Feud where Mel Floyd, Mr. Sparty Pants, w- at versus Esti Denora, Tony Castaneda, and Bad Sister Heidi. Yes, that will be Sunday, November 6th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Goodman Community Center. It will be a blast. $45 level will get you a ticket to that. You also can get a subscription to the Progressive Magazine. We have a wide array of thank you gifts available. I like to call them fabulous prizes. Uh, we have the brand, the brand new green retro airline bag. We have a hat with a skull on it that glows in the dark. We've got all kinds of lovely thank you gifts. Our phone answers, um, who do we have out there? Lois and... And Adrian. Lois and Adrian are answering the phones. They would be more than happy to walk you through all those thank you gifts. But we need you to go to your phones. Call 608-256-2001. And pledge your support for this radio station. We are a listener-sponsored community radio station, which means that you, 
are the listener sponsors. You can also pledge online at wrtfm.org. There's a big donate button. Yes. Donate. Yes, donate. That's right. So we're going to leave you to go to your phones. We need uh, six of you to call and pledge in the next 25 minutes for this program. Um, Lois and Adrian would be more than happy to take your calls. You can also pledge online, as mentioned, wrtfm.org. That phone number is 608-256-2001. Red Cross workers are stuck in negotiations. Carol Weidel reports. Negotiations between the Red Cross and the union representing Wisconsin workers has been long and no resolution is in sight. However, Red Cross workers in Iowa came to an agreement. The lower wages in Iowa revealed pay inequity among workers, resulting in a different wage offer. Neil Rainford, staff for the union, explained. The difference in the two outcomes is really a result of a different approach that the Red Cross took to the two groups of workers. In Iowa, the union had been proposing catch-up because the Iowan employees, in this case, who are primarily located in the Dubuque metro area, have been paid 2 to $5 an hour less than employees just across the river in Wisconsin. And uh, the union had uh, has been proposing throughout these negotiations pay equity, noting that the river isn't really a significant border uh, and that cost of living is very similar in um, places like La Crosse. There was no increase in starting wage offered to Wisconsin workers. In Wisconsin, however, there was no such proposal to modify the uh, starting rates or the wage scales of the employees, and so it didn't result in, uh, in ratification in Wisconsin. The Red Cross negotiates national and local agreements. As a result of their agreement, workers in Iowa settled both the national and the local contracts. As part of the nationally agreed upon contract that was also considered and rejected, uh, there is both a 6% across the board increase um, that would be effective on October 1st and a one-time bonus of $1,350 for uh, full-time employees and $500 for part-time employees. That is, as I understand it, intended to compensate employees for uh, the back pay that was not received during the last year that the parties have been negotiating what is ultimately the first year of this three-year contract. The Wisconsin Union also proposed changes in work schedules. The union had certainly proposed a number of changes to scheduling, including protections against last-minute mandations, including additional staff at the blood drives themselves, both uh, at the fixed site and at the mobile sites, so that employees can safely administer the collection of blood and make sure we're providing uh, safe services to the public. And we had also proposed to reduce the end times of, in, in particular, Friday evenings and Saturday afternoons that employees would be uh, released from the uh, various collection sites in an effort to make sure that there's a better work-life balance. Since no Wisconsin agreement was reached, the union has asked for federal mediation to bring Wisconsin negotiations to a close. Reporting for Labor Radio, this is Carol Weidel. Earlier this month, the Madison Metropolitan School District unanimously approved substantial increases for the district's support staff, education assistants, security assistants, clerical workers, 
food service workers, hundreds of staff. Labor Radio's Ellen LaLuzerne spoke with Madison Teachers Incorporated President Michael Jones about the raises and their upcoming recertification election. It's been reported that the support staff for the Madison School District have received a substantial pay increase of $5 an hour. Can you give us some details? Beginning last spring, we launched a campaign where we wanted $5 added to the base wages because a starting EA was roughly around $15.90 per hour. It was not a livable wage. A lot of our EAs were working second, third jobs just to make ends meet. Also, they were seeing their contemporaries in other districts getting paid starting $18, $19 an hour. Uh, some of the students that we support are adults who are working. Educational assistants were getting paid less than the students they were supporting. There was an EA who was supporting a student in Walmart, and the student was getting paid $20, $21 an hour, and the EA was getting paid about $18 an hour. They've been a veteran EA for quite some time. Just a huge inequity. Did management have any reason why it took so long to agree to up these wages? They never wanted to say no, as in we don't agree. There was always just a matter of priorities and money. If your priority is supporting our most vulnerable kids, you need to support the adults who support them. What are some of the things the union did to make this happen? We did a community petition that got over 2,000 to 2,500 signatures. We had rallies and we just really hammered home and told the stories. They don't do it for the money. They do it because they love kids. You still got to put food on the table. You still got to support your family. You still got to pay bills. The work that we do. Can you talk about the importance of some of those support staff folks and how you work with them? Food service workers were getting paid $14 to around $15. If you could get paid at Culver's $19 an hour, why wouldn't you? And food service workers have great relationships with students and supporting kids emotionally and socially. You rely so heavily on your EAs. There are times where they knew the IEP better than I did or what would work better for the student. It's a partnership. We're talking about EAs who've been in the community for 30 years, and they're doing stuff outside in the community. That role is usually filled by disproportionately people of color. As we're talking about being anti-racist and diversifying our workforce, why would you try to underpay some of your most diverse work groups? What are some of the other issues you're working on for those support staff employees? Because there aren't enough EAs in a building, EAs are needed to cover other EA positions. We know there are staff who have not been given their legally required break times or lunch times. And then also dealing with the social emotional piece, like when you're getting close to burnout, how are we supporting your mental health? Because I think sometimes the district is trying to do the right thing, but they don't communicate it or it's not done in a way where it's like, just keep us in the loop and let us know you're working on it. We're not demanding perfection. We're demanding partnership and respect in terms of communication so that we know what's going on. How can someone feel respected if they're not being communicated with? How do our hourly staff enter the building every day knowing that they're respected, that they're valued, and if they speak up on something that they're going to be supported and lifted up? And speaking of giving a voice, my understanding is you're going through your recertification elections. 
Thanks to Act 10, every union has to recertify every year. All employees who are union eligible, so it's not just union members, has to vote. And if you don't vote, then that counts as a no. Voting, it's one question, and they want the union to speak on their behalf. And that really helps us at the bargaining table when we say, hey, we speak on behalf of the employees. That's not just lip service. That is proof that we are speaking on behalf of the employees. Any closing comments? The work never ends. This is, I think, a great victory for the community. This was a community effort. I'm really proud of being a part of a union that we are able to improve the lives of so many people so quickly. We just ask our community to know what's going on. There will be other things we need to bring up and solve together. That was Michael Jones, MTI's Teacher Union President. I'm Ellen Lalazern for Labor Radio. And we are back. 256-2001, area code 608 is the number to call and make a pledge. I believe we have a couple people to thank. Uh, yes, Marilyn Fisher Foley. She called in at the previous show, Democracy Now. She wanted to give a shout out to Weekend Jazz, La Junta, and Democracy Now. And uh, thank you, Marilyn. And then we also have uh, Norm Stockwell. I've heard of this guy. Uh, he, this is uh, His favorite shows are... All of them. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Norm. Um, I just saw him like less than an hour ago. Oh, really? Um, well, you know, in case you're wondering why we're doing all this fundraising, we have an urgent need for some new equipment. And we're 80%, no, 75% of our way to the to our $80,000 goal. So we really need some new equipment. We and bought these, could, these soundboards like 20 years ago. And now we're getting to the point where... Even if when they're working, they're working fine. When they don't work, we can't find parts to replace them because they no longer make them. So we need to get brand new soundboards. Um, they cost $80,000. I'm guessing they're 40000 each because we have two boards, two rooms here uh, that we have to work out of. But uh, we are three quarters of the way to that $80,000 goal, but that still leaves $20,000 we are trying to make. And we're trying to make that with this pledge drive. So we need you to go to your phones, call 608-256-2001. Make a generous pledge. I believe we have some computer equipment we're trying to upgrade as well. It costs $92 an hour to broadcast. And That's we broadcast what they tell us. seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So we really need your help with that. And you can we could also volunteer and, and be a programmer. Um, some of you, some of you old timers, uh, and I'm one of them, may remember Anatole Beck, and he. We are. Uh, I remember Anatole. Yes, Beck. we're we're creating a. Um, That's because I'm old. Uh, a new s- studio in the basement. It's ca- going to be called the Anatole, and uh, just Anatole for the hell for, of it. What? <laughs> just for the hell of it. Right? Yeah. Name why it after not? Anatole. Yeah, yeah. Um, we only name our uh, rooms after people who have gone before us. Uh, Harry Richardson, my God, Harry, you never give up. Thank Thanks you so much. Thanks for your so generous much. pledge, Harry. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, support Labor Radio. It is an important part of the community. You are so right. And uh, Lois was our our pledge taker, so thank you, Lois. Well, thank you, Lois. Thank you, uh, I believe we have, was it Adrian is out there as well? Uh, Adrian, yep. Uh, to take your phone calls. They would be more than happy to take your call. Time is, of course, running short here. We do have someone else to thank who pledged on the intertubes. We'd like to thank John for his generous pledge. Um, On their favorite shows, they say, dang, that's as hard 
as it would be easier to list my three least favorite shows, as I enjoy most every program on WRT and respect the rest. But here it goes for their favorites. They like the original Wilson Brothers, One Fine Morning, and The Current Transmission. So thank you for your generous pledge, John. Um, Joining the people who have already pledged, we have Harry, we have John, we have who else? We have Harry, John, uh, Norm, and that's it. That's Um, it. That's it, folks. We need more. We need several more of you to call. 608-256-2001. Make a generous pledge or go do what John did. Go on the intertubes and pledge at wrtfm.org. Uh, it doesn't take much to please us. You know, we, we don't expect you all to write a check for $100. We'll take less than that. And uh, and also we have uh, Ellen LaLuzerne on the phone. I'd forgotten Hello? about her for a moment. Hi, Ellen. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I tried to barge in, but it didn't work. But I also wanted to remind our listeners that Labor Radio is one of the only programs that really focuses on working people and unions and struggles for those working people. So again, it's not only the need of equipment, but we also need to sustain the wonderful programming that goes on at WRT. So if you can call 608-256-2001 or go to Ward FM and donate online, we'd really appreciate it because we want to keep bringing you the news about buying about working people. And we're not only the, uh, the only local program that focuses on issues important to working people, we're one of the only ones, one of only a handful across the entire country, probably across the entire world. So 608-256-2001 is the number to call and pledge. Uh, we're going to go to a little bit more news, and uh, then we'll be back to, you know, pledge wrap you again. So we're going to go back to Jason and Annie. Hold it steady right there while I hit it. Starbucks baristas across the country got some unexpected news this week from their upper management. Labor Radio has more on the story. Months of delays and unfair labor practice violations, Starbucks has indicated that it is ready to start contract negotiations with a large swath of its cafes as early as next month. The National Coffee Conglomerate said it sent letters to 234 stores on Monday, offering a three-week window in October to start negotiations. All of those stores, located in 36 states and in the District of Columbia, have voted to unionize this year in elections that were certified by the National Labor Relations Board. Despite the company's ostensible enthusiasm for negotiations to begin, Workers United, the union organizing Starbucks stores, continues to express skepticism about the company's motives. Quote, The NLRB has found enough evidence to prosecute Starbucks for over 700 alleged labor law violations, yet the company still claims it isn't doing anything wrong. It's bad faith on top of bad faith, said Michelle Hayduck, a leader at a store in Mesa, Arizona, in one of the union's recent press releases. Starbucks has publicly opposed the unionization of its 9,000 company-owned U.S. stores since the beginning of the organizing campaign. Last month, The company went so far as to ask the National Labor Relations Board to temporarily halt all elections based on their own accusation of union misconduct. The unionization effort began last August at a Starbucks store in Buffalo, New York. That store and two others, one in New York and one in Arizona, are the only ones currently negotiating contracts. The company has since ramped up a campaign of union busting, taking any opportunity they can to make union members feel unwelcome at work. 
and, in some cases, putting worker safety at risk. Buffalo barista Victoria Conklin relates how managers placed at her store removed rubber mats that baristas used to keep traction on the ground after the store unionized. So they're there so you don't slip and fall because everything <laughs> behind a Starbucks bar is wet. Um, they took mine, threw them out, and then oh we have we we had so many like they're called support managers. They're like managers flown in from across the country to literally surveil you. So we had so many of them that one of them threw them out. The other one ordered new ones. He threw them out. The other one threw them out again. <laughs> Casey Moore, a labor organizer and union spokesperson for Workers United told D. Ann Durbin of the Associated Press that other stores have reached out to Starbucks to begin negotiations since May, but have received no reply. Starbucks claims that Workers United has directed the company to schedule all negotiations through the union's president. Moore added that the union's focus right now is developing core proposals on both economic and non-economic issues to help guide bargaining at individual stores. According to Moore, a national bargaining committee made up of representatives from unionized stores, has been meeting weekly to discuss those proposals. Reporting for Labor Radio, I'm Sean Hagerup. Week. This week, South Africa's largest trade union federation is meeting, and it delivered a shout-out to student activists halfway around the world in Madison, Wisconsin. Greg Jabowski has more. This week... The Congress of South African Trade Unions, or COSATU, the largest of three main labor federations in South Africa and a member of the country's governing tripartite alliance, is holding its 14th National Congress in Johannesburg. And Madison, Wisconsin, became part of the program. Among the work of some delegates to this year's Congress was a call for solidarity with student supporters of the rights of Palestinians at the University of Wisconsin's flagship campus. Here is some of the audio portion of the video produced there this week. trade union activist here in South Africa. I'm at the 14th National Congress of COSATU, the biggest trade union in Africa. And I'm standing here in solidarity with our comrades and the students of Wisconsin University Medicine Campus as they stand and fight against Zionism and the oppression of the Palestinians. This is not anti-Semitic. It is against human rights violation. It is against killing people. It is against any form of oppression. And we stand with them and we echo it from the Kosatu Congress. Amanda Aluta Continua. That was Dinewo Sitole, a member of the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union, Nehawu, an affiliate of Kosatu. Labor Radio spoke to her yesterday. Sitole explains why members of South Africa's largest union federation produced this shout-out to someplace halfway around the world. The reason why we were in support of the students was because what we heard was that students came out and spoke against Zionism and against the oppression of the Palestinians, depicting the blood that has been shed by the current regime or leadership in Israel and that has been there for now decades. But so this was not anti-Semitic. And we know that they were they got strong because there was an argument that it was an anti-Semitic action. Rather what it was was an action that is against human rights violations, action that was against the killing of innocent Palestinians that has been happening for years. Sitoli describes the ongoing Federation Congress, which is held every four years. We have over 2,800 delegates here at the Congress of South Africa, which is the biggest and largest 
federation in Africa at this point. The theme is building working class unity for economic liberation towards socialism. So the people that are here are all shop stewards and have come in numbers to this Congress to decide on the future, decide on the leadership that we have, decide on our solidarity with different nations. This happens every four years. As we speak right now, the leadership is just about to be announced and pronouncements are being made on our stances on international relations, on political and socioeconomic issues, as well as our understanding of the global dynamics. Kosatu is a member of South Africa's governing tripartite alliance, joining with the African National Congress, the ANC, and the South African Communist Party, the SACP, its allies in the anti-apartheid struggle, which culminated in universal multiracial elections in 1994 and the election of the ANC's Nelson Mandela as president. Sitoli describes the key role of Kosatu and labor unions in this struggle that inspired the world. In the liberation of South Africa, the workers had to come together because that is a very important role of bringing the workers along in the process of fighting for the liberation of South Africa. They started off in 1985 as a COSATU, but were there prior to that through SACTU, and have worked with the ANC and the SACP, the Tripartite Alliance as we call it, a united working class to Sitole, solidarity work with the people of Palestine and its supporters was and has been central to Kosatu and a still ongoing worldwide fight for human rights and against apartheid. I was going to the resolutions. You know, we take a lot from what Samora Mashal was saying when he was saying solidarity is not an act of charity. It's something that we do because it affects all of us. That's the nature of what we do. Everything that we do in solidarity with the people of Palestine, like Nelson Mandela said, we will never be free unless the people of Palestine are free. And this is the nature of what we are saying and what we'll continue to do. That was Dinewo Satole, a member of the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union and affiliate union of the Congress of South African Trade Unions, speaking yesterday from Kosatu's 14th National Congress. The video in which he took part, along with a call for solidarity petition from UW Students for Justice in Palestine, containing a link to the university memo that triggered the petition, are available on a UWSJP Linktree at the Linktree website, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash S.J.P. U.W. Madison. The solidarity video from Kasatu contains a singing and dancing segment, some audio of which follows here. For Labor Radio, I'm Greg Jabosky. Breaking rocks and serving my time. Breaking rocks out here on the chain gang Cause convicted me a crime Man, we only have a couple of minutes left to get you to go to your phone, 608-256-2001. Pledge your support for this show. It's your last chance to pledge for Labor Radio during this pledge drive. And for this entire radio station, listener-sponsored community radio, WORT. The number is 608-256-2001. You can also pledge online, wrtfm.org. Oh, I, I heard a bell ring. Yes, we have uh, an anonymous uh, donor and uh, who pledged 50 bucks and does not want a thank you gift. Uh, and Gary Mitchell. Gary does. Thank you, Gary. Yes, thank you, Gary. It's not his first time pledging. No, it's not. Uh, and he's, oh my gosh, 
He's going to become an evergreen donor. Thank you, Gary. Oh, yeah, wow. We like that. The gift that keeps on giving. Helen? Yeah? I'm still here. <laughs> Good. Tell people and why they I should pledge in this last minute. Well, it's really important because, as you noticed, we had some international news on the show today. And, you know, it's so important to learn and understand what's going on for working people all around the world. And so you can be part of that by helping us keep Labor Radio on the air and all the other great programming programming on the station. So call 608-256-2001 or go to wortfm.org and pledge online. That's right. We also have a story from France that is uh, getting moved to next week because the previous one was a bit long. So 608-256-2001, pledge for uh, worker news from around the world, both here on the station, um, here on this program and across the entire station, WRTFM. The number is 608-256-2001. And consider becoming an evergreen donor. Yeah, we would like that too. And we are yes, just about done. Donor, yeah, the evergreen donor gives a monthly pledge, which helps really stabilize the budget and support for the station. So again, if you can do that, please do. All right, we're call 608-256-2001. Yeah, or pledge online at wrtfm.org. We're going to go back to our readers for the credits, and then we're out of here. So it's your last chance to pledge for Labor Radio during this pledge drive. Thanks for listening to Madison Labor Radio. I'm Jason Pash. Thanks to editors Frank Imspack and Ellen LaLuzerne. Uh, Assistant Robin G, reporters Mike Bernhard, Greg Jabowski, Sean Hagerup, Anna Ham, uh, Scott McCullough, Jean, Jean, excuse me, uh, Janine Ramsey, Tony Reeves, Carol Weidel, and Damage Control Specialist Joanne Powers. Special thanks to Keith Steffen, our reader coordinator, web poster Anyu Lee, and all our readers and the members of IBEW Local 2304WORT Staff Collective. And I'm Ann Habel. We'd also like to thank all of the generous contributors to Labor Radio and WORT. Please stay tuned for the Blues Cruise with Dave Watts and the Professor Bill Clark.